Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm James. And you're listening to The Sleep Pod, the ultimate source of mild whimsy and positive nighttime vibes. Every episode, I make up a relaxing and lightly amusing story to help you get in the right frame of mind for some premium quality slumber. This time, the word that I will use as a jumping off point of inspiration for the story has been blown through my letterbox by a rather aggressive gust of wind which is quite coincidental as the word is wind so draw your curtains close your blinds and make sure that the do not disturb sign is attached firmly on the outside of your door. And we'll begin with this week's story. Wind. Virgilio was sat on his favourite beanbag. It was dark blue in colour, maybe a navy blue, and he had had it for a number of years. He used to have a lot of elaborate furniture in his home. But one day, on a whim, he decided to get rid of it all and replace all conventional seating with beanbags. He was sat in the middle of his living room, watching sports on the television. He wasn't a big fan of sports, 
but there was nothing on that he really fancied watching and just happened to turn over and the next thing he knew 30 minutes had passed and he was quite enjoying it suddenly he heard a noise coming from outside there had been a few noises over the last 24 hours as there had been quite a bad storm going on he wondered what the noise could have been maybe a bird table falling over or a neighbor's trampoline landing in his garden he wasn't sure so he stood up to find out he walked across the room and peeped out of his window He scanned his garden for anything which appeared out of the ordinary. And after a moment, he spotted it. The large oak tree that used to sit in the center of his garden was no longer vertical now it was almost entirely horizontal gosh he thought it was very lucky that the tree fell away from the house if it had fallen towards the house it could have caused many problems He looked around, looking to his neighbor's gardens, trying to see if they had had a similar issue. But they had not. Virgilio's tree had been one of the taller trees in the neighborhood. So maybe the other trees were just not tall enough to have been knocked over by the wind. He wasn't sure. It was probably slightly more complicated than that. But all that did matter was his tree had blown down. Virgilio sighed. He wasn't sure what the procedure was for events such as these. Would he have to call somebody? Could the tree be repaired and re-erected? He decided he should probably pop outside and have a look assess the damage so 
He did. He walked through his house and reached his back door. There he put on some shoes and a jacket. It was still quite windy outside. So he chose something a bit fleecy. Once he was ready to step outside, he opened his back door and stepped outside. Once outside, he stepped onto the grass and made his way towards the tree. It had been quite a big tree. He wasn't sure how tall it was, but before it had fallen over, it was definitely at least as high as his home, and probably about as thick as the thickness of two men. Once he reached the tree, he squatted down and had a look. Yes, he thought, it's definitely fallen down. He placed a hand on the rough bark of the oak tree. He felt quite somber about the fact that something which was obviously fairly old should succumb to something as trivial as wind. He wasn't sure exactly how old the tree had been. It was there when he purchased the house, and he had purchased the house a significant number of years ago. And he was aware that trees do take quite a number of years to get to the size of roughly a house and the thickness of two men. He sighed. He took a deep breath and stood up. He walked around the tree, looking at it. It was quite a strange experience for Virgilio to see the tree that he'd been so used to seeing from one angle, now being completely visible from a altogether different angle. Once he had made his way all around the tree, he reached the area where the tree had been stuck in the ground. Now a large hole, partially covered by the roots of the horizontal tree. It did look like a lot of the roots were still connected. Maybe that would mean that the tree could be repaired, replanted, re-treed. 
He wasn't sure what the exact terminology was for re-erecting a tree, but it was something that he would probably have to find out at some point sooner or later. He would have to call his friend Martin Cardigan, who was a tree surgeon. If anyone would know how to fix this situation, surely it would be a tree surgeon. After all, he was literally a surgeon for trees. He was just about to turn around and go back into his house when he noticed something out of place in the crater where the tree used to be. Virgilio squinted and walked closer to the edge of the pit. Once again he squatted down and looked deep into the hole. Yes, there was something there, definitely. Something that did not seem in place under a tree. Everything else was dirty and rocky and bits of tree-like this was smooth and square and bright red. Virgilio lay on the ground and reached into the hole. His arms were just about long enough to reach the object. And so he did. His fingertips made contact with a smooth surface. He wiped away the dirt so he could get a better look at what it was. After a bit of brushing and moving slightly larger stones and lifting roots out of the way, He gained access to the object. It was a box. And quite an interesting looking box at that. It was ruby red and had very, very smooth, almost glossy sides was about the size of two shoeboxes side by side. Virgilio adjusted his position a bit more so he could use both arms to reach in and grab it. And after a few moments of wriggling and pulling and twisting, he managed to free the box. He heaved it out of the hole, placed it on the grass next to him, 
and he caught his breath for a moment, as the whole thing had been a slightly more tiring endeavor than what he thought it could be. After a few moments, Virgilio stood up, picked up the box, walked across the grass of his back garden, and re-entered his home. Inside, he took off his shoes, which were now lightly muddy. He took off his jacket and hung it on the wall next to the door. He walked back into his living room, turned off the television, placed the box in the center of the room, and sat back down on his beanbag. He stared at the box. It did appear to be almost entirely smooth. If it wasn't for the slightly uneven weight distribution, it would be easy to mistake it as being one solid object. He couldn't see an opening or a hinge or anything. It was just a strange glossy red box. He turned it round, trying to find any indication of what it was or what the contents of the box was. But every angle, every position, yielded no secrets. How strange, he thought. This is quite the mystery. After a bit longer of trying to work out some kind of solution to this puzzle, he gave up. He would have to ask an expert. And that reminded him. He needed to contact... Martin Cardigan, his tree surgeon friend. He reached into his pocket and pulled out his mobile telephone. After a few taps and clicks and button presses, his phone was now dialing his friend. He held the phone up to his head and listened to the ringing noise. After a few moments, the ringing noise stopped and a man's voice started coming from the phone. Hello, said the voice. This is Martin Cardigan, tree surgeon extraordinaire. How can I help you? Hello, Martin, said Virgilio. 
It is Virgilio. There was an awkward pause. And then Martin said, Which Virgilio? I know several. Ah, said Virgilio. It is me. Virgilio Documents. Ah, said Martin. Virgilio Documents. Hello, my friend. How can I help you? Well, Martin, said Virgilio. I know that you are probably already aware of the storm that has been happening and the fact that it has been very windy. Yes, said Martin. Well, said Virgilio, you know I've got that very large oak tree in my back garden. Yes, said Martin, how could I forget? Well, said Virgilio, somberly, it is no longer vertical, it is now horizontal. Because of the wind? inquired Martin. Yes, because of the wind, said Virgilio. Oh no, the tree surgeon replied. Yes, said Virgilio. Oh no, indeed. I was wondering, and I thought you were probably the best person to ask. Can it be saved? Martin Cardigan thought for a moment. Possibly, he said. It would depend on how it's fallen over, the level of damage, root integrity, things like that. I won't trouble you with actual scientific tree surgeon terminology. Thank you, said Virgilio. But, said Martin, it can be done. However, it's not going to be a cheap procedure. Oh no, said Virgilio. How not cheap are we talking about here? Well, said Martin, you know what my favourite number is? Virgilio thought for a moment. Yes, I do know that number. Well, said Martin, if you multiply that number by 18, the new number that you get is roughly how much it would cost. Oh no said Virgilio. That is more money than I could reasonably spare at the moment. Oh dear, said Martin. Well, you have a think about it and get back to me 
when you work out what or if you're going to do anything about it. But bear in mind, if you wish to save the tree, you may need to act quickly. Okay, said Virgilio. Thank you. That's okay, said Martin. Bye-bye. Goodbye, said Virgilio, and he hung up and put the phone back in his pocket. One hour later, Virgilio was still sat on his beanbag, staring at the ceiling. He had a few options which wouldn't be too detrimental to his financial situation, but he would need to talk to his financial advisor. It wasn't something he particularly wanted to do, but it was worth it to save the tree. And making a few financial sacrifices didn't seem like that bad of an idea. He took a deep breath, and then his eyes landed back on the box. Hmm, he thought. Seeing as he had to go out, he may as well pop into the shop that was down the road from him that sold a lot of oddities and curious trinkets. Perhaps they would know what it is. So Virgilio picked up the box, stood up. He put on his shoes and his jacket and left his house. Seventeen minutes later, Virgilio had arrived in the town. He parked his car in a car park that was directly in the midpoint between his financial advisor's office and that shop of trinkets and curiosities. He thought for a moment. Should he speak to his financial advisor first? Or go to the strange shop first? He decided to go to the strange shop first. With the mysterious red box tucked under his arm, he walked down the road. And a few minutes later, he was entering the shop. The door creaked. And then a bell rang, alerting the staff in the shop that a customer was there. The shop was dark. All the shelves were black and filled with strange objects. There were snow globes. Counterfeit 
Furbies. Books written in languages that nobody spoke anymore. He looked at all these items as he made his way towards the till. He wasn't sure exactly who the main customer base was for this shop. He had never seen anybody in there, either going in or leaving. But perhaps they did a lot of business online, he wasn't sure. Once he reached the till, he placed the box down. A voice from a back room called out, Just a minute. And so Virgilio waited a minute. Sixty seconds later, an old lady appeared. She was wearing a large, pointy black hat, had a flowing dress covered in pentagrams and other occult-looking symbols, and she had a black cat draped over her shoulder. She smiled at Virgilio. Yes, she said. Virgilio's brow furrowed. The woman's brow furrowed in response. And then she started laughing. Oh, don't worry, she said. I'm not a witch. I'm going to a costume party later. Ah, said Virgilio. Okay. So, she said, how can I help you? Virgilio pointed to the large red box. Well, I found this buried under the old oak tree in my back garden. I didn't know who to turn to with this mystery, and I was wondering if you knew what it was. The woman picked up a pair of glasses, put them on her face, and looked at the box. Hmm, she said. She went to reach for it, but then stopped, and looked up to Virgilio. Do you mind if I... she said. And Virgilio nodded. Go ahead, he said. And so she did. She picked up the box, felt its weight, turned it around a few times. Ah, she said. 
I've not seen this type of box in a number of years. You found it under a tree, you said. Yes, said Virgilio. Under an oak tree. Is that important? No, said the woman. Oh, said Virgilio. Can you open it? The woman did a complicated hand movement on various points of the box. And then a click was heard. Suddenly there was a visible line around part of the box. The woman placed the box down and lifted up the top half of the box, which was now a lid. At first, Virgilio could not see the contents of the box. All he could see was the woman's face. Her eyes went wide. Oh wow, she said. What? said Virgilio. Look, she said, and turned the box 180 degrees, allowing Virgilio to see the contents. The interior of the box was lined with velvet and looked to be in remarkably good condition considering it had been buried underneath a tree for a number of decades at least. In the centre of the box was a small framed photograph of a dog. It's a picture of a dog, said Virgilio. He met the woman's eyes. Yes, she said. But that is no ordinary dog. That is a framed picture of Vernon the dog. He is very famous and well respected. And I'm a little surprised that you don't recognize him. Oh, wow, said Virgilio. The Vernon the dog? Yes, said the woman. As well you know, pictures of Vernon the dog are incredibly valuable. Wow, said Virgilio. How valuable? The woman reached over and picked up a piece of paper. This valuable, she said, and started writing down a number. She was writing down the number for a long time. She had to swap pens because the first one ran out of ink. Eventually, She slid 
the piece of paper over to Virgilio. He picked it up and started reading the number. Even reading the number took several minutes. Wow, said Virgilio. That is a very large sum of money. Would you like to buy it? The woman thought for a moment. Yes, she said. My business has been doing exceedingly well on the internet recently. So purchasing this as an investment makes a lot of sense at the moment. Brilliant, said Virgilio. And they shook hands. A few days later, Virgilio's tree had been returned to its previous upright position. He was stood in his living room, looking out into his garden, admiring the tree. He was glad it was back where it should be. And now, he had plenty of money to buy even more beanbags. And he had decided to see if he could fill more or less the home of the floor space of his living room with beanbags. He didn't know where the box had come from, but he felt very thankful to the tree. That's the end of this episode's story. Join me again next time for something similar but also a bit different. Until next time, sleep well and good night. <laughs>